And welcome to 10 Ton Potato, the podcast where we talk about actual productivity on the Office 365 stack. I'm Brad and I'm joined by my co-host Craig and we are both the co-founders of GT Consults. In the show, we dive into the Microsoft 365 stack, how it actually works and whether it's a gimmick or a major productivity boost. We cover topics such as SharePoint, Workflow, Power Apps, and Teams and share insights and tips on how to use them effectively. Whether you're a beginner, an expert, a developer, or user, a potato lover, or a potato hater, this podcast is for you, so sit back and relax and enjoy the show. This is 10 Ton Potato. Craig, how's it going? Yeah, good in yourself. Okay, man. Ready to get into some uh, productivity with, uh, with our topic of the day yes but before we get to the topic of the day i'd like to talk about uh, the collaboration space right now copilot is obviously hogging the limelight um, but a lot of those features are not currently available yeah i mean I, we saw a lot in uh, microsoft ignite around uh, copilot in fact uh, if you were looking at microsoft ignite everything was about code Copilot, but uh, there, there's a lot happening uh, within that space. Um, there's also SharePoint Embedded, uh, which we'll do. We'll do a show on soon. Yeah, um, I spoke well about yesterday at the ESPC conference. Jeff uh, Jeff Tipper announcing all of that. I've met Jeff, by the way. The editor can put a picture. There we go. Um, yeah, earlier this year in Vegas. Um, there was uh, the the first initial release of all the copilot stuff, so you know it's it's amazing how they've got it and out so quickly. Um, obviously, we've got it on uh, Windows, you know, the latest release. You can copilot on the sidebar, um, but the one thing basically being in your uh, in your uh, Windows environment. You know, let's talk about renaming. Hey, is... so Bing is now copilot. Yeah. And we'll get into the renaming of Syntex soon. Uh, the other big area is uh, Viva, Viva and all of its, um, what do you call them? Alternatives. A plethora of employee engagement tools. I think you would uh, you go there. I mean, we've, we've seen Viva Insights, how many people are actually using it. Although it's, it's extremely functional. Um, I, I use it quite often for keeping track of my emails, um, understanding tasks that I should be doing. Some people find that a bit invasive, but there's an AI t uh, process running against all of your mails to check that you've done your your bits and bobs. But how many of us have ever answered an email saying, you know, we sorry, we forgot. Now you've got no excuse to forget. It's actually built into Outlook. It's, for me, it's, it's a game changer. As long as you open your Outlook, eh? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, the other area was that's um, that's up and coming. Viva Connection Analytics understand how users engage with the components of uh, your Viva Connections experience. So smells a little bit like SharePoint Vitals. Yeah, very much so. But also um, not really a new product. Uh, if you've used Delve, which I find most companies don't not a great user experience uh, from an employee kind of directory and engagement but you get a lot of that analytics uh, within there so I, I find a, a lot of these products that we're seeing at the moment are actually repackaging of items that have already existed um, but giving them a, a new breath of life because most people haven't haven't used them before yeah, I agree. There's a lot of functionality out there that people don't use. Um, there's a number of reasons, probably licensing to be one of them, um, bringing uh, fresh light onto them or highlight the advantages. And this is what the show is all about. Does it actually work or is it a gimmick? We'll uncover all of it. Uh, closing up, we've got uh, what I really like was uh, SharePoint News in Outlook. So you can create a SharePoint page and uh, then it will display as a SharePoint page in Outlook. Uh, that, does it remind you of a product that we've had for? Sounds like Infomailer. It sounds like... It does, except it, it requires you to actually set up the page and then it emails it out. But it's quite interesting that uh, people's default is still to go to Outlook and read an e email rather than going to the internet to find out their news. So that, that kind of experience of utilizing your intranet as your landing page where people go and get the information all that 
think that's changed uh, quite a bit with uh, teams coming in. Most people go to teams and have the discussions there. And I think a lot of important announcements just get lost. So pushing them to your mail where you actually read them uh, is is still a de facto kind of experience for most users. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. You open up your mail to get somewhat of structured data, go to teams to have a conversation around that, um, and then obviously leverage SharePoint uh, for the management. Um, I think Microsoft, you know, when you click that, do you want to share some of your data? I think they just look at GT and be like, okay, cool. What did these guys come up with this week? Um, Microsoft Stream is the future of video for Microsoft 365. Um, this has been something I've really wanted for a long time. We still use uh, VMO uh, to host a lot of our videos um, stream. Obviously, the, the new embedded version on SharePoint looks great um, and the Microsoft uh, ClipChamp ClipChamp that's cool yeah I think in, in terms of stream though just the the sheer fact that now you can store your stream on your specific site so it picks up all of the security and permissions from that just makes sharing of videos so much easier um, I think that old interface was Although useful, like a, a YouTube for your business, most people didn't know how to get there, how to find their videos. Now, if they tied into your actual site, well, makes makes a lot of sense. And look, the experience wasn't great. I mean, I saw the buffering more than I saw the videos. So hopefully that yep. experience is better. And then, you know, we've always got a DevOps internally. And so the SharePoint Web UI kit uh, was kind of relaunched. Yeah, very cool with the SharePoint Framework extensions now providing that web UI kit because you're building these things and invariably with developers, they like to throw their own spin on uh, a look and feel. But if you're trying to get some consistency in your site uh, using SharePoint Framework extensions, then that UI kit just provides a whole lot of those components built for you automatically or catered for automatically. So yeah, exciting from a dev point of view. Yeah, I think we could definitely do an entire show on that alone. And so we'll leave a, a link down in the description to the SharePoint Roadmap update fall 2023, uh, where we can see what's coming uh, and what has been released. But now, SharePoint Premium, also known as, and previously known as Microsoft Syntex. What, so what exactly is SharePoint Premium slash Syntex? Okay, well, I'll, I'll start off by giving you the, the Microsoft answer. And that's that Microsoft Syntex, and, and we'll interchange the wording today, unfortunately. Syntex is stuck in my brain, but it's now SharePoint Premium. Uh, basically, a wording rename or one of these uh, uh, tool platform renames um, is now SharePoint Premium. And it's about content and understanding processing and providing compliance around that uh, content using it intelligent document processing, uh, providing content to artificial intelligence and utilizing advanced machine learning to automatically thoughtfully find, organize and classify your documents in SharePoint libraries, Microsoft Teams, OneDrive for, for Business and Exchange. So with Syntex, you can automate your content-based processes, capturing the information in your business documents and transforming that information into working knowledge for your organization. Rather than clicking through, sorting through hundreds of thousands of files, Syntex extracts the information, analyzes it, and categorizes the data for you. It's got a number of other tool sets that we'll work through today as well. And this was released back in 2020, wasn't it? Three years ago? Yeah, so what we saw uh, with this that uh, it was released to um, as Microsoft Syntex as a way for aggregating all of your information together into silos, utilizing taxonomies and uh, managed metadata. And the uptake wasn't great. Maybe the AI tools weren't there. Maybe just the experience wasn't exactly what... Uh, what users were expecting, or maybe the licensing was wrong. So uh, I think this repackaging, although it's adding in a bunch of new features, is also trying to instill a, a bit of that uh, information that couldn't uh, previously be, be achieved. 
Yeah. So now you can, you know, go into your Office 365 admin page, uh, go to your SharePoint admin settings and enable it, point it to an Azure container and uh, activate SharePoint Premium, which uncovers content centers, pre-built document processing, unstructured document processing, structured and freeform document processing, optic optical character recognition, OCR, image tagging, taxonomy tagging, content assembly. So a lot of governance, a lot of good things going on here. You know how much I love governance. So let's unpack what these specific um, activities can do, uh, what the cost is, and uh, is it gimmick or does it turbocharge your productivity? Uh, so let's start with the content center. Okay, so I'm sharing my screen here and uh, we've pulled up the, the content center. So what is the content center? Well, it provides the hub for managing your classification and extraction of data. So let's actually take a look around. Um, here we are on the site where you build your organizational wide models. And those are models to understand your documentation and allow you to extract the data. And then once you've built those models, it gives you the ability to um, have a look at the effectiveness of the model. The hub also allows you to generate models using trained documents, which is a subset of the files that you'll be um, utilizing within your, your model building. And um, once you've uploaded those, those training files, then you can start uh, building things like extractors and the like. So, um, once you've you've got all of that all together and you've built your models the content hub also allows you to deploy those models anywhere in sharepoint within your environment and these models can either be pre-built by microsoft structured or unstructured in terms of the uh, the types of files that you're dealing with so pre-built models sound like this could be a productivity gain so what type of examples do you have okay well let's go and have a look at our models and within our models, we can create a model and it gives us a number of choices here. We've got contracts that are predefined for us by, by Microsoft. We've got invoices, receipts, and then we have other types of models that you can teach um, the, the tools to use to identify your extractions. So let's have a look at our invoices model that we've set up. So the different components here in terms of setting up a pre-built model is firstly adding a number of files to um, your, your um, training model. They suggest up to five files and sometimes throwing in some negative files, things that aren't actually exactly what you're looking for. Now, with our predefined models, we've already got extractors built for us. And you can see things like billing addresses, custom addresses, due dates, etc. So if we go in and select an extractor, it will open up one of our invoices that is sitting within our training files. And it will have a look at all of the data that it can find and automatically pull out what those values are. So for us, rather than going through and training a whole bunch of invoices, um, we can literally put them in here and just check, validate that the information looks correct to us by going, yes, this is the data, no, it's not, etc. And we can work through all of our training files um, and it will do exactly that for, for any of our training files. Once we've gone through that um, process, we can um, go and have a look at any of the, the exact details of that and then we can go back to our, our model, so let me save and exit, and we can apply that model to any location within SharePoint. So here it chooses, you can choose your frequent sites, uh, recent sites, you can also type in a site to go and search for, and you can either apply the model to a single location, like we've done for our example, or for an enterprise where you might have multiple areas that are dealing with invoices, you can apply it all, all across the, um, the enterprise. Okay, so uh, that's how the model works and essentially how you deploy that model once you've created it. 
Yeah, so after defining that, testing the model, we deploy it to any of those locations. Um, and, and as mentioned, if, if it's a more of an enterprise, we could con uh, control the multiple implementations of the same model across the, um, the organization from the content hub. Okay, so uh, we're getting the data directly out of the invoice. How does that help in Correct. the real world? Okay, so let's go and have a look at our um, our example here, where we upload an invoice. It tags it as a as a content type. It pulls out all of my relevant information that I might want from that invoice. Now, typically in a finance department, you have a host of people with whose full time jobs is classifying these invoices, routing them to the correct locations for authorization. Now, you can drop in an, an item, it can automatically be classified, extract the data from the invoice um, to not only make these searchable, but you can also drive a process from the metadata extraction. So you could automatically dictate what cost centers this is getting pushed to. You can even interact with external parties should you want to and should the information be available from the, um, from the invoice. But then also imagine someone phones in to question an invoice, you can quite easily use search using that metadata um, to find the document straight away. Previously, this has been ex exceptionally manual. Now, for small departments handling one or two invoices, that's probably not going to be a big game changer. But for large uh, departments that are uh, dealing with a lot of invoices, processing them at any point in time, um, this is a massive productivity change. Yeah, I agree. It looks really good and the possibilities here are very strong productivity boosters. Um, but these are structured documents, right? Well, actually, no. If you think about uh, the, the reality of invoices, they're actually unstructured in that, as you saw from my example, they're just the two invoices I picked up, completely different layouts, different vendors, so uh, very different formats. So they're structured in a way that they're all invoices, but they're unstructured in terms of their content. In the same way, we've got the models for contracts. So there's a, a model for contract, but these are specifically legal contracts that Microsoft has trained us against. And they're very different contracts um, that you could have, like employee contracts, which in an ideal world would be identical, but in reality sometimes have some very uh, variability. So you can define an unstructured model for those documents where there is that variability. So let me show you some of these uh, unstructured documents. But before I do so, I wanted to point out that um, for security reasons, you might not want to manage your um, information in the content center. That hub is really about uh, pushing informational models right across your organization. But what about where you want a model more secure. So what Syntex allows you to do, SharePoint Premium, is uh, deploy a model directly into a site. So it keeps all of the permissions for that specific site. And HR is a great example where you might want to manage the models internally to that de department. So what we've done is build a model center within our site, which is very similar to what you would have seen in the content hub. Mm -hmm. And here we created a employee's contract. Yeah. So I'm going to open that up. And um, from here, you can see slightly different uh, information where I can add my files, same as before. I can then classify whether those files are the type of file that I'm looking for. So if I train the classifier, I pop in my default files and I've thrown in one that isn't a employee contract. So I can see all of the, the relevant information. I can say, you know what, this is a an employee contract. Let's move on to the next file. Yes, this is an employee contract. Right down to the last file, which I'll then say, no, this isn't. Although it's got some similar information, it's not an employee contract. And this tells the system what um, types of files you're, you're looking at. Once you've done that, you can then choose to create your own extractors. So let's take an example of an employee. 
when we uh, receive our document, we can then go and choose where we get the employee um, name out of this document. So we can go and highlight the area. We can go and save that. That now cre creates a predictor as to where the um, information should sit. So um, depending on, on the, uh, the documents here, we, we work through them, we find all of the, the locations where that information is relevant, and we go and label it. Now you would have to do that for every type of extractor that you want. And once you've done that, you can train the extractor to go and find information based off of a regular expression, as an example. So once yeah, it's done that, it will have expression a because I've created a few regular expressions in my life and I could get them tattooed to me because that's how complex they are. Exactly. So here as an example, you can see it's predicted to be over there. That's actually where the label is. So this is a hundred percent match. Now, if we have a look at that, the explanation Jeez, of this uh, regular expression. That is the regular expression down there. So you still need a little bit of technical know-how in terms of a, a regular expression. What you ask Copilot to create a regular expression for you? That's exactly what I did in setting up this example. So when you say, okay, I need the word before and, and uh, before the next comma, well, that's exactly what this is saying. It's saying, find me the word in between and, and the next uh, um, rounded bracket, and it returns me that. That, information. that assumes that that is the only place within your document that you're picking up that data, but you'll pick that up in terms of training um, against the extractors. Yeah. And once you've done that, you apply the model to a location. In this case, it only gives me locations within that uh, library that I'm in. Uh, so we uh, deployed that to the, the contracts area. Well, yeah, I mean, I can see the especially with a lot of content, these uh, extractors and uh, classifiers are going to come in exceptionally helpful. Um, but there's something here that they call structured and freeform documents. Um, what exactly is that? Okay. So we've got a great example of structured documents in that uh, we do a lot of work in the insurance industry and you, for instance, go and place a claim with an insurance provider about your smash windscreen. Well, what happens? That claim is processed. Um, it's a service provider's pulled in and they request a quote from that service provider. That quote's accepted and the bank sends a proof of payment to the service provider as well as to you to show that a, um, a payment has been made for that work. Now, in the background, someone grabs that proof of payment, which is a very standard document with um, the claim number, the amount, the name of the service provider, etc. They store that document with the client's data, they mark it off in their process, whatever their ticketing system is. Now, with the proof of purchase, as you can, as, as a sample of a structured document, here's where you take the data, you extract it to show who that service provider is, what the claim number is, and you can automatically process that information, closing off the ticket in their, their system. Now, a freeform document is where you don't have that structure, where you might choose a selection of the data, like in the employee contract, to extract certain fields and um, choose information from a specific location. So that's where we, we get the difference between those types of, of documents. Um, the, the, the structured have very much a, a layout, uh, you know exactly where the data is. The freeform could be anywhere within that document. As long as it references the same kind of aspects. Correct. Okay. Yes. So that's cool. So back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth and we had scanning solutions for this, um, there was a massive issue with the OCR and uh, the optical character recognition. And it was expensive and it was very hit and miss. Does this kind of resolve that? Yeah, so it, it's interesting. When you're getting in documents now, you're getting PDFs. Those could be um, images. They could be um, text-based. So for those that don't know, um, a text-based PDF is like taking a Word document and saving it as PDF. You can still search that PDF for any of the text. 
But when um, PDFs are coming in image-based, like let's say you take a photo of your ID, well, you can't search that document. So any of the data that's relevant in that document, you can't actually extract. And that's really where OCR comes in. Um, and for those qualified extractions from text, that's great. But when that image comes in, you still want the same type of functionality. So SharePoint Premium and Purview allow you to um, use that OCR to extract data. Once again, within Purview, which um, is the, the area where you can set up your policies, et cetera, you can decide where you want to implement that um, functionality. But let's go and have a look at it. So I've created a receipts library. And within receipts, we've created a column called extracted text, which when you drop an image in here, it automatically goes and pulls out data. So let's go and have a look at the image here. You can see I've taken a snapshot of a, a receipt, very badly uh, worn, etc., to get information out of it. Let's go and have a look, look at the extraction here. So it's picking up most of the, the data. Yes, it's... It shouldn't say rest here and it's put in paste because, well, even I can't even uh, read the R there. Um, we've got a tax number and it's put in fax number. But the rest of the data is pretty much spot on to the point that you can actually see where I'm holding the document here. It's even pulled out information where um, my, my finger is. And that is pretty spot on, even though it's all wavy, etc. So in terms of the um, the OCR, it, it does a, a pretty bang up job in terms of extracting that data and making it available for you to search within that extracted text area. Now, there's there are other benefits uh, to to SharePoint Premium as well when it comes to um, utilizing this kind of OCR. Because think of the scenario where you'd get in a a, a, a fax. Terrible idea. Nobody actually use anymore, it Craig. Don't be silly. They do. We we've had customers saying to us, "How did how did they deal with that?" Or you get in your your email coming through with a PDF that's images, and invariably someone sent through a PDF with their document ID and their uh, proof of residence, and you now need this as separate um, bits of information. So what you can do um, within Syntex is actually open up that PDF. And typically I choose one that is not uh, working for me here because it's got permissions on it. And um, what you can do is either merge PDFs together where I can take multiple PDFs that have been sent to me and create a single PDF or quite importantly extract. And then it opens up and shows me all of the different pages. I can just choose whichever ones I want and extract those pages to create a standalone um, document. So very great uh, functionality just in terms of merging and splitting that we get asked about all the time and wasn't previously available in terms of uh, in terms of SharePoint. Really. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. One PDF, you can send the whole lot and then move it around. Okay, so I understand that the image tagging is also an option. Uh, we've played with a lot of facial recognition in the past, uh, found some issues. Um, it was very intimate. So what, what's your experience now? Okay, so the um, SharePoint Premium gives you the ability to upload and tag images against a met, uh, metadata uh, set of terms. So let's go and open up some of these. Um, and we can see that there is a column called image tags. Now, you add this to your image library um, and automatically when you upload images, uh, SharePoint Premium will automatically start tagging them so that you can uh, find relative, relevant information. Now, um, that tagging can be a little bit hit or miss and it does not uh, provide you with a way to um, refine your model. So whilst we use Azure Cognitive Services with computer vision, where you can refine your model and uh, provide additional inputs into it, uh, the same functionality hasn't been shown on, um, on SharePoint Premium as of yet. Uh, so your terms can be quite uh, quite vague. So let's go and open this uh, image as an example. We can see a boy sitting at a desk um, looking at an iPad. 
And if we go and have a look at our terms, it's pulled out a couple of, of our terms for us, like a computer, a desk, that it's indoor, sitting, and that there's text involved. Um, but it's not picking up any of the other uh, details in terms of, you know, in terms of doesn't the, pick up the main the person in the like picture. A boy. <laughs> no, that that's the thing. So we took another example, um, an untitled picture where um, it's basically a boardroom. There are people having a meeting, etc. And um, here you can see chair, clothing, computer, desk, furniture, indoor, office, building, people, table. So it's all very, very generic type of terms. And then if you put that now, into mid-journey, what did you get? Okay, so putting that into mid-journey, you get more of a story. People in a meeting room, notes on the in the style of intense lighting happening, artifacts on online uh, culture, etc. So... And this gives you four different options. So this experience, probably a little bit more um, user-friendly in terms of the, the messages that you're getting from um, from uh, Majeni, uh, whereas here, I think these, these are a little bit too generic for my liking at this point. But I, I think it's simply because they haven't uh, attached this uh, image tagging to the latest ChatGPT vision. I think when they do, it will change yeah without a doubt and we've seen things change with uh sharepoint premium they're getting rolled out every couple of months now uh we've got new capabilities coming out so i'm i'm pretty sure they're going to upgrade this capability as well excellent so so we have the data um but you spoke about content assembly um what is that okay so, so far we've looked at getting data out of a document, but what about creating documents? Where we have some of these structured documents, how often are you recreating the wheel, using the wrong template, um, having inconsistency with staff members generating documents? So Assembly looks at this problem by linking a word template to metadata to generate a document. And while this isn't a new concept in, in uh, SharePoint, it's vastly improved with multiple areas of selection and um, integration. But let me, let me actually show you. So within our documents library, we have the ability to use a security proposal template. This is one of our internal templates. And um, this you would want to generate for a customer whilst talking with them at, at a table. And so you would select the security proposal template and it opens up your word document but it also opens up this panel on the side now within the panel you can start capturing information like the client's name who the account manager is what today's date is so these different types of controls right down to looking at things like costs now if you go into costs you'll generally have a table of costs and you might have multiple items within that table so rather than this one-to-one -one relationship of things like date and client name etc you've now got the ability to go into sharepoint into a list and have a look at things like product offerings and we can select three product offerings here add them into our document and it automatically builds that um, information into your your template so um, in terms of that, um, you've got the, uh, the ability to capture table information as well as manage metadata, where you can go and select a term or a set of terms, such as a location, um, and go and apply that as well into your, your document, or alternatively saving it as metadata against the, um, against the document. So any of the content we scan so, for or we have on our uh, pre-built lists can all be used to generate uh, or, or create this content assembly. Yes, most certainly. So whilst this um, isn't a new concept, obviously, these added um, additions of pulling in the data from within SharePoint creates a starting point for these generation of documents. And we foresee the processing still requiring a couple of manual tweaks, um, but those can be managed through a, um, a workflow or something of the sort. 
one of the important things is obviously kicking off a process as well. And what this does is allows approval, but also there's an e-signature module that is coming out in um, quarter one of next year, 2024. Um, it is being rolled out currently on tenants in um, the US, but for the rest of us, unfortunately not available as of yet. But what this allows you to do is request signatures, both internally and externally, on the documents that you've generated without the use of a third-party provider. Yeah, I saw that. That's um, pretty cool. I mean, all of this is pretty cool. If you think about it, it's really, it's creating a SharePoint, a premium SharePoint product um, that is, you know, almost 100% usable out of the box. Yeah, so, I mean, great functionality in, in terms of what we've seen. There, there is a lot more that we can uh, we can talk through. But, um, yeah, that, that is really what I was going to demo you today. Okay, thanks for demoing me. Um, what's the big cost? So that's, that's what it comes down to, right? What is it going to cost me to send a contract that is created by this uh, SharePoint Premium? Yeah, and that's a great question. So I think one of the reasons that I brought up earlier that we might have not seen the the uptake in, in Syntex was because there was a, a licensing model whereby um, you needed to license users. And a lot of the stuff that we're seeing is really should be pay as you go. So when you come and set up your, your Syntex, um, it gives you the ability to uh, have some of the, the functionality free, such as the, the classify and extract. However, a number of the, the models, like pre-built models and unstructured models, as well as the OCR, the image tagging, basically all the cool stuff, um, is pay-as-you-go, and you need to set up your Azure account. Now, with the pay-as-you-go on any of these, um, it turns out to about one cents, one US dollar cents, um, a, a transaction for... Um, classifying and extracting data, utilizing any of their models. Um, the same for, for OCR. When it comes to e-signature, however, um, that's looking at about $2 per transaction. And when we get to content assembly, that's building your, uh, your predefined documents and automatically generating them, that's looking at about uh, 15 cents a, a transaction. So not bad in, in terms of that savings. If you look at the amount of time that your staff members are going to save in terms of generating that, that documentation or extracting the documentation to get it into a list for a process, then for me, yeah, it seems to make uh, financial sense, especially with that pay-as-you-go model because you're only paying for the, the services that you're using. Yeah, I, I think I agree there. If you look at, uh, say you went all in and you had a workflow with uh, pulling information from different areas based on a document that was received via mail that sent off for a signatory, um, like two bucks, two dollars, which is like a million rand, but anyway, um, it's definitely worth it. Um, so from my side, I think it's definitely turbocharged the productivity. How about you? Okay. So for, for me, um, you know, it, it really depends on how you as an organization sit currently, how you manage your documentation. So in terms of productivity, Cortex, Project Cortex, which was originally the name for or Syntex, which is now SharePoint Premium, it looked at aggregating data based on taxonomy and relation. And we haven't seen that from any customers in terms of utilizing that to its full potential. But now we're seeing this influx of generative AI and insights. And as I mentioned, Ignite, it was just all about Copilot. They could have called it Copilot Ignite. Uh, the way that they were going on. So in order for that to work properly, uh, properly and to the best of its abilities, you need the right data. And how do you find the, the, the correct data? Well, the way that it works is through search. And search indexes all of your information. And whilst you might have the term that you're looking for in the title or in the, um, in the content, a search term is ranked higher if you've got metadata available with that search term in it as well. 
which means if you haven't classified your data, you are less likely to get accurate results. So I think from a co-pilot perspective, if you're planning to use um, co-pilot, then it makes a lot of sense. Um, also in terms of productivity, if you are a large organization with a lot of data arriving and you currently have loads of staff members who are sitting capturing that data, not exactly productive. You can make them way more productive by automating that that process and providing them with other areas that they should work on. With search um, being more accurate, I'm, I'm not sure how many people are using PNP search within um, SharePoint, but I highly suggest it. Uh, it is a SharePoint framework extension that you can add on for free. Um, it does take a little bit of configuring, obviously, but um, SharePoint search is changing as well, where it's now called enterprise search. And if you go into um, the, the um, the setup on admin, um, you can actually see that you can start pointing search at a host of different um, environments as well. So where we're pulling all of that uh, information together, that makes for more powerful information that your organization can work And if on. you've got so these models extracting data and classifying things, obviously it's just going to make that better, right? Yeah, without a doubt. So it, it's giving you um, all of that goodness of, of SharePoint. I mean, we have so many clients who they just want to dump their documents into SharePoint in the folder structure that they were in on their file server. And we try and explain metadata and how it helps them find no, information. But it's just too but there's another it's side too, to too difficult. Exactly. So um, then, but they also want OneDirect, uh, OneDrive, and they want to sync OneDrive and see their documents in a folder structure because that makes sense to them. And well, that's how you've grown up with, with computers and how we understand them. Whereas if you use that classify and extract along with that capability, well, it's doing a lot of that leg, leg work for you in terms of building out your management metadata and solving uh, a lot of that pain. Then we get to the creation of content. Well, yes, it's already exists in SharePoint, but there, there are a number of problems uh, in the past implementation. So, Talking about issues of past generation, we we look at things like um, document columns filling in uh, placeholders within SharePoint. And whilst that was great in terms of generating your your document, once it was generated, you have to open it up in the Office app in order to see the data and then to be able to convert it, send it, etc. Um, meaning there's an inconsistent experience because if you open up in the online app none of your data was there, which uh, wasn't wasn't great, uh, showing showing that information is blank. Um, the, define, uh, the design interface that uh, you saw is also a lot easier, more intuitive. Um, there still seems to be uh, some issues with updating templates that you've already defined. And they, they, I looked, there seem to be some workarounds that you can uh, get into, but nothing kind of concrete, nothing intuitive for the end user. And that's probably something that they, they'll need to fix going forward. I don't know if you've checked out the latest Outlook, but uh, if you don't have an internet connection, it doesn't even open. Yeah. So uh, in terms of that, yeah, you know, there, there were always some bugs that uh, Microsoft has there or some, some features that just well, haven't been. My point um, is that, Pretty much everything is built with uh, online kind of strategies. So uh, the idea is everything going forward will be basically online and the on-premise items will just be uh, frameworks or placeholders. Uh, I think the, yeah. Yep. Now, Brad, I know you, you love power apps, right? Love them. So one of the benefits here in terms of the, the, the templates is obviously building out functionality within Power App. So if you're sitting at your client, you can fill in your Power App and automatically generate your, your template. And uh, they've built in applications within Power Automate to automatically generate these documents from those templates that you've built. So you could even, instead of even having a Power App, you could just have a, power automate button that kicks off this process now obviously with things like uh, lists coming from sharepoint you need to think about uh, about those maybe a power app would work better in terms of sending that information so there's still some manual work that's required there it would be great if you could just generate a, um, a form in power apps but that functionality is not available yet 
And then that scanning side, as you could see, I, I think it's great. I think pulling out that information, extracting it, merging it, uh, documents together, extracting uh, documents from each other, I think uh, that's a winner in terms of functionality because I know we still get requests around record management and uh, document management with scanners and, and the like. And um, this this provides you with a solution straight in, in SharePoint Premium and within SharePoint. Yeah, I think if you start to connect uh, Power Automate, Power Apps, Power Platform, uh, start looking at the, the Graph API, start to tap into SharePoint Premium, uh, linking all of these products out the box really creates formidable enterprise solutions. Yeah, so, I mean, there are a couple of items that we haven't spoken about. Um, and um, there are a number of other features uh, that are going to be available, haven't been released yet, that uh, could also be game changers. So one of those is multi-label classification. So all of those models that we built, um, basically pushed into a single model that you can deploy to a library so it can figure out what documents you're uploading. So you don't need a dedicated library for contracts or receipts. And you could just have a, a financial library where you're dropping in invoices, receipts, et cetera, and it figures out what those Once are. Once they figure them out, then they can push them to the correct location, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. And with that, there's also the business documents app that's being released for teams where you can manage all of your, um, your information within the document library directly from teams. So you were talking about Viva connections earlier and Viva connections is all about having that single hub within teams where you, you display your Microsoft, uh, your, your Microsoft 365 data, like SharePoint, like your approvals, your planner, et cetera. So, uh, your document management just becomes another uh, hub within there. And that's meant to be released in quarter one of 2024, along with the e-signature capabilities, um, also quarter one 2024. And then, so we've got the Documents app, which is in Teams, which I love. I think being able to work from Teams uh, in this fashion is very cool. Um, we've spoken about the e-signature. Um, there was big talk around the Microsoft 365 archiving and backup. Yeah, so archiving is actually available currently um, with the, the solution. And what that does is it archives your site, um, but it keeps it available for admins to, to search. And that becomes really important for things like e-discovery. But the other part of it is it moves the, um, the site onto cold storage. So your price for the, or your, your cost of uh, keeping that information on uh, SharePoint is drastically reduced. Whereas if you wanted to use cold storage previously, you'd have to go to Azure blob storage and set up a, a blob for cold storage. Whereas now with your data, yes, you're taking it off your current SharePoint site, but you're putting it in a, in a lower valued uh, area just to store that information, but keeping all of the compliance in place. Um, to to find the information. Yeah, so you could probably still get to it with e-discovery. Um, yeah, and then and, and that's important from a legal perspective. But then then you've also got backup. Yeah. So from um, so this, this place has been um, dominated by uh, partners in the past. Yeah, I mean, you've got your your app points and your uh, VMs, etc., that uh, that focus specifically on Microsoft 365 backup. And now Microsoft is providing an area in which you can backup your SharePoint data, your Teams data, your your Exchange data, and that is primarily to um, solve a problem of um, you get hacked, you ransomware issues, etc., that you can restore your environment. How that's going to affect the current partners, I don't know, because now that that is really taking away the the abilities that uh, they provided. Um, whether the the tools are a little bit more granular um, from the partners, we, we will get a better idea of that when it's released in in Q1 2024. Um, but I imagine, uh, well, as their, their documentation says, you can still utilize those tools with their backup uh, on on SharePoint um, as a solution. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Microsoft usually step in 
uh, to claw away at some partners if either they're not doing a good enough job, which I don't think is the case in this situation, um, or if they just need to uh, provide a cheaper version, which could possibly be it. Um, but yeah, interesting that Microsoft are now throwing that in there, and I wonder what the cost around it is. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting when we find that out. Then there there are a couple of other features, things like data access governance, which doesn't, for me, doesn't seem to fit into to SharePoint Premium, but it, it's been lumped in there. Um, looking at uh, policy contents, highlighting policies, reviews, et cetera, which seems to me to be more of a compliance per issue. Um, but, you know, it's the same as you set up OCR in, in purview. So it's still a little bit gray in that, that area. I mean, these things have been around for a while. It just looks like they're just stitching everything together. Right. Yeah, most certainly. And then translation of files and streams. Don't know uh, whether we would ever use that. Uh, I haven't seen a major need for that from any of our clients. I've but, realized you know, we would use this. Always. So we've had, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of uh, activity in France. Um, so if our French clients wanted to watch this video, they'd simply download it, put it into stream, and then they would have the translation of it. Yeah, most certainly. So in terms of the transcription of videos um, and then the translation, that that's great. What I have found with the uh, transcription, especially in South Africa, we've got a host of different uh, languages and different accents, and it, it does struggle a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how well it, it does that job. Uh, what we've seen from Newton. Very odd. <laughs> Um, the, the one interesting thing is it also provides redaction of information. So looking for, through your policies, identifying areas that it should redact in your files, which has normally not been a function within SharePoint. Um, normally we see clients moving towards products like LaserFish and the like to, to do that. And now that's provided um, within the, the tools. And then um, within Graph API, there's also the SharePoint Premium Graph API where you can start interacting with uh, SharePoint Premium using that Graph API. So that's really a, a host of the other things that are coming that uh, we didn't get into in this uh, this webinar. Yeah, and then there's the final one, which is the SharePoint Advanced Management. Good old Sam. Sam. I know very little about Sam. I know that you know a lot more about that. But once again, I think uh, more rehashed... Uh, um, functionality that was actually available previously. Yeah, I mean we can we can definitely make its own episode on 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 SharePoint Advanced Management, um, and it probably will run long. Um, but yeah, I think we've we've definitely covered what's available in SharePoint Premium. Craig, thank you so much for providing those demos and providing thank that you. insight into how all of this works together. Um, yeah, it is pretty exciting. Uh, there are definitely needs and pain points that are uh, challenged with, with this. And so I think it will be a good win. Uh, and getting rolling, rolling out syntax is pretty straightforward. It's, uh, it's getting the functionality out of it, which is the most important thing. So, yeah. Yeah, with, without a task you for the time yeah uh we'll i'll see you next week we're going to be chatting about more on the the sharepoint side of things in the sharepoint embedded um and i'm pretty sure we'll tap into the sharepoint web ui kit so that's been 10 ton potato thank you craig Tar, for joining us today thank you thanks man Cheers bye all.